your state, your team, your show. This is Sports Nightly. Snap back, Heinrich holding, holding, Throw looking, it. throws it toward the end. Oh, so yes. He's got a man out there. Touchdown. Wyatt Lewer makes a catch. Touchdown. <laughs> Wyatt Lewer gets back-to-back catches, and that ties the game at 20. Sports Nightly is presented by the NDOT Highway Safety Office, who reminds you to buckle up and put the phone down. Now, let's check the pulse of Husker Nation with your hosts, Greg Sharp and Ben McLaughlin. Blame it all on my roots. I showed up in boots. There we go, Ben McLaughlin, Garth Brooks coming to town. How about that thing for a little opener today, huh? That'll be good. That'll be fun, won't it? Garth Brooks. Boy. One of the bigger names there are in entertainment. He's one of the great entertainers of all time. I know he hasn't had much new material in the last decade or so. Doesn't boy, need does any. He, he doesn't need it, right. And he puts on a show. He he did a, I think it was like six shows at PBA about four or five years ago. Uh, this is the Garth Brooks Stadium Tour. will be in Lincoln at Memorial Stadium Saturday, August 14th, 7 o'clock. Tickets go on sale on Friday. This will be huge. And uh, what a fun way to get... Kind of the school year underway. You'll be having students arriving back on campus about that time, and off we go. This is going to be a blast. Announced earlier today, uh, Memorial Stadium has not been the site of many concert-type events down through the years. Uh, this will be uh, this will be a biggie. They expect to try to get about as many people into the stadium as they possibly can. Obviously, they'll be working with the local health authorities and, and whatever is available at that time. They're going to... Uh, going to allow they're going to follow the Lancaster County Health Department and follow all local COVID protocols big time news it came out today and you know you just you feel like um, everybody's gonna be kind of ready to party after the last year plus that we've dealt with with COVID and this will be a fun fun event he began this tour in March of, of 2019 it's broken all kinds of attendance records obviously it had to be halted because of COVID but it's going to be picked back up again and off they go so this was some big news today uh for lincoln and we're going to talk to garrett classy who is uh with the nebraska athletic department he's going to come on in hour number two and kind of tell us more about how all of this came about but this is a a big time event for the city of lincoln Uh, so we'll talk to garrett coming up in the second hour of the program about the garth brooks stadium tour august 14th in lincoln at Memorial Stadium, so that'll be a lot of fun. That uh, that was one of the one of the first things I saw this morning when I woke up was news of that breaking out. So there you go. A lot of a lot of country music fans will be are thrilled and over the moon to be hearing this is going to be happening in August here in our state and in our Memorial Stadium. Should be a lot of fun. It'll be uh, tickets again, ninety four buck tickets for this thing. He but you will not be disappointed. He will not come out and do a ninety minute set and be done. He'll go for a couple of hours. I'm sure, uh, that night at Memorial Stadium. All right, um, here's what we have on the program tonight. We started this last Wednesday. We're going to do it every Wednesday during the month of May as we revive the Big Ten Blitz. We will check in tonight with the folks and our reporters at Michigan, Northwestern, and Rutgers. Rutgers, Ben, is still going. Their spring game is not for another week. Uh, James Crouch will tell us on, tell us about what's been going on in camp for Rutgers, but I kind of thought everybody was done. Not not so fast. You were back there. They're still practicing football in Piscataway. How about that? <laughs> Never would have known it. We're not really that close to football from where uh, from where we are at. Um, but yeah, that's man. They're uh, they're going late. Man, we are. I felt like our spring yeah. game was super late, and yet they're they're still. What do they say? Keep chopping. They're still chopping away out there in Piscataway. May 20th. That's when their spring game is going to be. I mean, yeah, that's that's a full three weeks past Nebraska's. And Nebraska, you're right, I think had was probably the next to last one. So we'll we'll check in on those other schools and see what, what happened for them in spring and what is happening at Rutgers during their spring practice. We'll have that coming up here in a few minutes. We uh, clicked off a couple of them last week, had some – uh, good conversations last week as we checked in with Ohio State, Illinois, and Michigan State last week tonight, Northwestern Rutgers. And our third one tonight is, help me, help me, guys. Who's our third one? Northwestern Rutgers. John, Austin, who was our third? 
<laughs> I'm drawing a blank. Well, we'll figure it out. We got it coming up here in a, a, a couple of minutes. All right. Also tonight, Lane Grinder will be here. It's our weekly sit down with our Major League Baseball insider. We'll talk to Lane about what's been going on. All these no hitters. I can't wait to ask Lane about all these no hitters that have been going on in baseball. Ben, it's remarkable. We've already had four, and we're not that deep into this deal. Yeah, tons of them, and not really guys that you would have thought, right? I mean, John Means probably wasn't on anybody's list. I can't imagine that, you know, Carlos Rodon, who has had about five elbow arm issues, surgery things since he's been up with Chicago, had another one. The guys that you haven't really, you know, expected to, you know, to be dominant like that, and, and the usual suspects have been dominant, right? Jacob DeGrom, Max Scherzer, those guys have been dominant. But, yeah, the no-hitters coming from unlikely sources. And I remember asking a buy-sell question about no-hitters and thinking, yeah, there's, there'll probably be one <laughs> or, you know, maybe two at that time. But there's been four since I asked the question. It's nuts. Yeah, crazy. It's not, you know, I think, I think the most recent we've had in the season is seven. And that's within the last 10 years, already at four here on May 12th. We'll get Lane's take about what is going on. I remember Carlos Rodon pitching in Omaha, Ben. He was at North Carolina mm-hmm. State. They made their way to the College World Series. That's, that's our, my first recollection of watching him pitch, and he's had a pretty nice career with the Chicago You, you know White who Sox. was on that team with him, right? Trey Turner from the Nats. Oh, yeah. So they, right. had, they had those two guys on that team, and that team wasn't bad. No wonder they were a college world series team. You got a batter like Trey Turner, an offensive weapon, and then an ace in Rodon, and you can ride that a long ways. And they did. Wolfpack didn't win that, that year, but they certainly made an impression and got to Omaha, Michigan, by the way, is our other team in our big 10 blitz that I blanked out on. So Lane Grin will be here an hour too. buy sell. I think we have a full boat of questions coming in everybody's way tonight. Can't wait to dive into that. Also what we're going to keep an eye on tonight at seven o'clock, the NFL drops, the schedule for next fall. Week one was released today. A couple other things. Some teams are going to play in London. That's kind of slipped out. Uh, the Chiefs will play the Browns in their opening game. And the opening game of the season, that Thursday night before the weekend, it's kind of reserved for the Super Bowl champions, and that's the case this year. It'll be Tampa and, oh, America's team, Dallas. So, yeah, there you go. America's team, Ben, gets to play on the opening Thursday night. Good for the good for them. Good for those people. Um, yeah, I, I I'm I'm anxious to see what this schedule looks like. Uh, I I'll be I'll be interested to see what what the uh, what the Chiefs schedule looks like, and obviously Cleveland. And I think they announced another one of the Chiefs games against the Chargers on like the 16th of December. Um, that's the last primetime game that they have for the Chargers for the year. So I think yeah, a couple of them have been trickling out here and there, but I'm 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 ready to see what it looks like. Should be a lot of a lot of fun. Some breaking news um, as it relates to the Big Ten Conference, and this just popped. Adam Rittenberg, who we had on the program Monday night, has just reported Ben that Northwestern AD Mike Polinsky has resigned. He took over for Jim Phillips just a couple of months ago after Phillips uh, went and became the new commissioner of the ACC Conference. Polinsky, uh, when he was appointed, it sparked. I'm reading Adam's tweet, significant backlash as he has been named in a federal lawsuit by a former Northwestern cheerleader. Others in and around the program had voiced their support for him, including some pretty influential media people um, were out there banging the drum. And in fact, our own buddy Teddy Greenstein said he, has said he signed a petition in support of Mike Poliski, but uh, he has resigned. So Northwestern will be in the search again for an athletic director after Polinsky had been hired to take over for Jim Phillips. So Phillips, who'd been there quite a while, and Polinsky's tenure lasts just a couple of months. That's, whoo, man, that is, that's not a good little look, is it? Uh, yeah, short tenure. Uh, mm-hmm. didn't, yeah, didn't, didn't probably get too much accomplished on his list, but, man, yeah, you're right. That is just a, a strange deal, and it'll be, it'll be obviously under a microscope to see where they uh they go next right because of the because of the uh i guess attention that <clears throat> that this situation has garnered but yeah that's not something that you want to have happen if you're a, a prestigious school like northwestern you know to have that kind of situation follow you around but yeah that's the situation they found themselves mm. in and uh yeah we'll see where they want to go next wow that's uh, not a good look hey buckle up put that phone down it's a reminder from the ndot 
Highway Safety Office. So tonight, NFL schedule drops. NFL Network has a big show at the top of the hour. Uh, they'll have that. A couple of, couple of people have sneaked their schedule out. I think somebody posted the Bears' complete schedule, but uh, this is always a fun fun night. The NFL is so good at this, and I've bragged about them for years. You know, they, they just beca- they stay relevant most of the calendar year, even though their season completed in February. Uh, the, all the draft talk, then the draft, then the schedule drop, then you're going to have OTAs, and then before you know it, you'll be into camps. That's, that's a sign of a good league. They know how to stay kind of on the front page, as us old-timer journalism people would say, pretty much year-round. Ben, some more of the regional projections are out, and boy, Nebraska just can't get away from that Arkansas regional, right? That just keeps kind of hovering over the, the Oscars, which, hey, if you're in, you're in. You're happy about that, but Arkansas is going to be probably going to be the number one overall seed. You really don't want to be a part of that regional, uh, but boy, every time, every time I keep seeing one of these drop, there we are, Nebraska headed to Fayetteville. D1 baseball is infatuated with that that pairing. I mean, they they, they just won't move Nebraska uh, off that, whether they've been a two seed or a three seed. I don't understand how you can have have both, right? I mean, if you're if you're a a high two seed, you're stuck there, and then if you fall to a three seed, you're stuck there. I mean, they they keep they keep putting us there. I think Baseball America had us going down to Fort Worth to take on TCU, uh, who's playing really well right now. I think Texas has won a series from those guys, but it's uh it's a it's a you know it's as tough of a matchup as you could get. I'd say other than going to play Vanderbilt, you know, because you're you're gonna have to face either rocker or um, or lighter you know down in down in Nashville maybe both if they yeah. pitch off in that first game and and obviously Arkansas hasn't you know really I don't think they've lost back-to-back games all year they're up over 32 wins now they won another series last weekend against Georgia uh, that's just as tough as an, of a, an assignment as you can get and then you look at some of the other big 10 teams that they don't have projected winning regionals and you know to go play Oregon out in Eugene or um, you know, someplace else that there, I think that a lot of, depending on which projection you looked at, there's four or five big 10 teams in and every single one of those teams, whether there are two or a three have a more favorable draw than Nebraska. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that that D one baseball isn't, isn't onto something or there's not a committee member that's basically told them, Hey, if Nebraska's in, they're going to Fayetteville. So make sure you have them in their regional every <laughs> single week. Um, you know, I, I would, I would prefer to go elsewhere as great of a facility and, Ballpark as that is, that's not a team you want to mess with in the postseason. Yeah, the way this thing usually works is it's kind of a snake. So if you're the number one team, your number two should be one of the last twos in the field. I don't think Nebraska, particularly Nebraska wins the the league. Nebraska can't be one of the last twos. Uh, I wouldn't think that would be the case at all. We should find out tomorrow uh, the 20 schools that are picked as possible regional hosts. That list is supposed to come out on the – on Thursday, so tomorrow. So maybe we'll have some information about that as we move along. I am very encouraged. Will Bolt had a press conference today. I'm very encouraged that this seri- the series this weekend with Northwestern will happen. Will Bolt said he's been told by Northwestern's coach that we're good to go. We're hopping on a bus tomorrow and headed your way. I even saw the Twitter account for Northwestern Baseball tweeted out, we're back, and they listed the three games of Nebraska this weekend. So I'm I'm confident. Maybe you feel differently, but I'm confident we're going to see baseball at Haymarket Park this weekend. Yeah, I mean, I, unless something dramatic happens, you know, between now and when they schedule to leave tomorrow, and this series is going to have happen. Now, I don't know, you know, what that means. I don't know how many guys were um, were positive in contact tracing. How long their their incubation periods have have been. Um, past or when that time starts, I don't know. So I don't know if they're going to have a full roster or not, or what that's going to look like. But you got to think that they're, if they're planning on coming, they've got enough people out here, um, you know, that are going to be eligible to play that that they feel good about their chances of of at least competing on the field. So, yeah, I think if you're planning on buying tickets, I say go for it. I think um, they're going to do everything they can to get these games in this weekend. And you can't say the same thing about Minnesota. I yep. think they've they've packed their gloves in their bags and put their spikes in their lockers for the year. You kind of have the feeling, right, that they're just like they maybe have even scattered. Uh, they are not headed. They were supposed to be a part of a pod this weekend in Happy Valley with Penn State and Rutgers. They're not going. I'm assuming the other two are going to play. Probably play. Probably do what Michigan and Illinois did a few weeks ago. Just play each other four times and and get a series in. So, uh, yeah, Minnesota, which has had just a wretched season. 
not going to play for the second straight week. We started last week with kind of going back to our Big Ten Blitz and checking out what's taking place in spring football at all the campuses. So tonight, this is edition number two. The Big Ten Blitz. Michigan. And let's talk to Angelique Shangalis from the Detroit News. The Wolverines wrapped up practice about a month ago. Hey, Angelique, hope you're doing well. What's, what were some of the, the top storylines for spring ball for the Wolverines? Well, I think the biggest one is that they, I think they finally have their staff finally in yeah. place. Now that Mo Inglis went to uh, Buffalo uh, on Friday and they just hired Steve Klingscale and to take over as uh, past, uh, defensive passing coordinator and, and uh, secondary coach. So I think that's finally done. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think the spring ball was uh, – obviously it was good for all of these teams finally got into spring ball since they missed it last year, but um, particularly helpful for, for Michigan, which feels in a lot of ways like it's, it's a coaching transition, like a new coaching staff is in because Harbaugh revamped his defensive staff and Mike McDonald got a chance to install his defense and – um, these, these players got a chance to work with the new defensive coaches. And, and on the offensive side, Kate uh, McNamara is the leader of the pack heading into the summer, and they're awaiting grad transfer Al Bowman. So um, I, I think that they, they they know that they've got someone in, in place, and, and we'll see what Bowman can do. And, and you know, I think I think they're really happy with their receivers, and they're, and they're really happy with the running back situation. And an offensive line seems to be shaping up. But I, I think the real question marks are, are going to be now and, and going into the early part of the season, the defense, and, and how quickly they can adjust to, to what Mike McDonald wants from them. Michigan, like so many programs, is, is getting affected by the transfer portal. What, what uh, positive negatives of that did you see from this offseason for them? Well, I mean, they did. They've lost some big names. They've lost Phil Milton. I mean, Phil McCaffrey, who opted out last year, obviously was going to transfer, so he was in there officially. Then Zach Charbonnet, there were lots of lots of rumors about his status, and he eventually jumped in. He landed at UCLA. They've lost some defensive players, uh, they, and they've made you know one pickup really. I mean, Alan Bowman and the guy that they got out of the, the transfer porter, Willie Allen, a, a, a tackle. He's, he's already gone. He went through spring ball and, and, you know, from my understanding, was, was pretty deep on the depth chart and has moved on very quickly. And, uh, you know, I think I think it's frustrating for Michigan fans because they're like, okay, all these guys are jumping in the portal. Why isn't Michigan grabbing guys out of there? And, and they're working on it, but um, nothing has been really, you know, they haven't really landed a lot of guys. But Bowman's the, the biggest one, the biggest name at quarterback, a grad transfer. And, uh, and Harbaugh keeps saying that they're, they're still looking, that they're looking every day. And uh, But so far, really, nothing has come to fruition. Uh, they're, they're in on a couple defensive linemen, and that's what they need, more interior guys. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it didn't surprise me to see some of the names that they jumped in the portal. Um, but, you know, it's, it's the wave of the future now, right? I mean, I think we're seeing that at a lot of Big Ten schools, not in an Ohio State, for instance, but, but you're seeing it at some of the other schools. and. Uh, and Michigan seems to have some pretty prominent names that, that got in there this year. Yeah, they weren't hit nearly as hard as, as Michigan State was. We talked about them last week. They really got hammered with this portal thing. Another thing that maybe caught the fan base's eye, Angelique, was how many Wolverines got drafted. I think they were third or fourth or fifth in the country with number of draft picks, and yet the results on the field aren't happening. Where is the fan base with their confidence level and their patience level with, with Jim Harbaugh right now? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question, and I keep joking, it's a women's sports school. I mean, they're getting behind the gymnastics program when the national championship. The field hockey team was in the championship game on Sunday. All these women's teams are doing really well, and then there's football. And, and I think that there's this sort of malaise that's, that has settled in, and it, I don't think it's that people don't want to talk about it, but they don't want to think about it, because they're not sure what to expect. They don't know what this new staff brings. It's very young. Um, and, and we don't know what the defense is going to look like. Mike McDonald did talk to us. I mean, he did talk to us, but he didn't share much and shed light on, on the defense that he's installing. And, you know, I think that they're just I, – I definitely think it's a wait and see, but I, I think it's, it's a little bit more of a negative wait and see. Like, mm-hmm. like it, it just doesn't feel like Michigan fans think that it's good. They don't think it's going to get better. And, um, you know, I think time will tell. I think this is, this is a young staff. Um, I think that there's, you know, there's experience there. I think, you know, you're used to seeing like a Don Brown, 
who has many years of experience. But now you've got guys who are in their 30s, and maybe they've been in coaching for 10 years. And, and I think that Michigan fans aren't quite sold on, on this experiment yet of Jim Harbaugh's. So time will tell, but I, I think that there's a general sense of malaise and you know, who knows? No one knows yet what the what the attendance is going to be like at the big house and, and whether it's going to be, they're going to be able to sell capacity. And if they are, I mean, will people be going? I don't know. I've heard from a lot of people that have said they're not renewing their season tickets. So that's going to be really interesting to see. Be a story to follow. Angelique Shangelos from the Detroit News. Thank you and enjoy your summer. <laughs> you too. I appreciate it. Rutgers. Here to talk about the Scarlet Knights, James Cratch, who writes for NJ.com. And James, I know you're still in the midst of spring ball, but what have been some of the bigger storylines for Rutgers football here this spring? I think, you know, the biggest storyline is this is a program that has 20 starters back and all 11 starters on offense, nine starters on defense. And those two, you know, they only had two guys in the NFL draft pool, uh, both undrafted free agents. But they have experienced guys who can replace them on the defense. So this is a very experienced team. You know, I think Rutgers has been very fortunate with the, the extra year with the pandemic eligibility waiver. Basically, all of their key guys decided, hey, we're going to come back for, you know, fifth year or sixth year, one more season. So they're really kind of holding that team that kind of surprised a lot of people around the conference together from last season. Uh, the other big storyline is obviously Art Zikowski transferring out to Illinois now Noah Vedrill, the former Cornhusker, he is the no-doubt starting quarterback. He probably already was going to be the starter uh, before Stokowski left, but now that Stokowski's gone, it's not even a question. Uh, he is the guy, and now the big thing for records is can he stay healthy and last the entire season? What are a couple things that Coach Shiano maybe has emphasized this spring, areas where they need to get better to even win more here in the fall? Yeah, I think they have to get better. Run, run defense has to get better. I think the offense made major strides last season. Uh, you know, the best offense they've had since they joined the Big Ten. But if you watch the games closely, there was still kind of a smoke and mirrors aspect to it. You know, I, I go back to the opener against Michigan State. Great win for them, but they had seven takeaways. You know, how many times is that going to happen? Even when they the, the game they lost to the end of the season against Nebraska, I believe they were plus four and or had four takeaways. So even then... You know, they, they were kind of hanging games that way. You know, they, they had some games where they would get short fields early on, kind of score points. So I think that's a big they, – I think they were second to last or last in the Big Ten in yards for play. So I still think there's a lot of room for that offense to grow. And on the defensive side of the ball, they got to be better in coverage. I think more pass rushing, you know, like any team in the country. But the run defense is what really kind of hurt them. You know, they got gashed on the ground by Michigan in the second half of that, you know, game they lost in three overtimes. They got run over by Illinois in a game they should have won. So I think they really have to tamp down that run defense. With all the starters that you mentioned that are back in the program, do they they still need depth in certain spots, and where would those spots be? Oh, no doubt. I I think it's it's not – if you had talked to me a year ago or two years ago, I mean, it's worlds better than it was. But, yeah, I mean, I I think I look at the defensive secondary. They've got several good cornerbacks. You know, they – Patrice Renee was a transfer from North Carolina. They brought in. They brought in uh, Christian Braswell as a transfer from Temple. They've got five or six guys who have started, you know, Big Ten games, you know, AAC games at cornerback. They're pretty deep there. They don't have a lot of depth at safety, so I think that's a weak spot. The offensive line, you know, you're not exactly where you want to be, but they're very close to having a two deep where they've got ten guys who they feel confident, you know, going in the game. Running back is solid. I mean, quarterback is a question. They've got two young guys behind Bedrill. Uh, there's a lot of wide receivers. I think tight end's a weak spot. But the, the one area I look to specifically is secondary. And I think the defensive line, they've got some young, promising recruits, you know, guys who are going into their first year, second year in the program, but they don't necessarily have proven production at the tackle spots and at the end spots. I think that's an area where they also need to keep building depth. But as you've seen looking at the past few recruiting classes so far in Luciano, they really hammered the defensive line in the first two classes. Now they're kind of pivoting, and they're bringing in a lot of offensive linemen in the 2022 class. No doubt. Scarlet Knights on the rise in that Big Ten East. James Cratch from NJ.com. James, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Enjoy your summer. You too, guys. Thank you. Northwestern. And here to talk about the Wildcats, Louis Vicare, the Wildcat Report. Northwestern wrapped up spring ball a while back. Louis, what what were some of the big storylines, at least to you, during the Cats' spring practices? Yeah, I mean, it was a 
it was funny because it was kind of a momentous spring, and they got a new defensive coordinator in Jim O'Neill. You got Ryan Holinsky, uh, uh, transfer quarterback from South Carolina, came in, and he was part of it the last few weeks. Um, there's some big personnel to replace on both sides of the ball, but it was overall kind of a quiet spring because everything was closed. You know, there was only. I think four media sessions. So things were kind of quiet for the most part. Um, but yeah, it was a momentous spring anyway. They had some big decisions to make, I think. Well, the, one, the big thing, you know, Mike Hankowitz steps down, retires after an illustrious career at several different schools around the country. Do you think there'll be a much of a different look to the defense or just because Fitz is the head coach and a defensive guy himself, do they, do they look similar, you think, defensively as they move forward? I think they'll be similar. Um, you know, Jim O'Neill said yeah, he's got some big shoes to fill, obviously. He got a guy that was a coach for 51 years in college, you know. he's And he left with probably his best defense, at least Northwestern's best defense, since like the 95 Rose Bowl team when Pat Fitzgerald was out there. Um, so he's got a heck of an act to follow. And I think, you know, what he said is if it's not broke, you don't fix it. I think that they will look mostly the same. I think you may see some more three-man fronts and they'll throw some wrinkles in. Uh, he's got a lot of NFL experience and I think players really um, have a lot, you know, he has a lot of credibility with players because of that. And the feedback so far from players has been uh, great that he likes what he what they're learning from him and uh, there are some new things but I think by and large you're going to see mostly the same Northwestern defense out there. You mentioned Haliski the, the, the quarterback transfer is he is he entrenched as the one I'm, I'm sure Fitz probably hasn't named that yet what size that position up for us. Yeah, Fitz won't name it. I mean, he loves that gamesmanship. We won't know till you see who goes out with the first team against Michigan State. But um, I think Holinsky is probably the front runner, but there, there's going to be a battle. I mean, I, from what I've uh, heard, it's Holinsky and Hunter Johnson. I don't know if you remember him. He yeah. was a former five-star quarterback, a transfer from Clemson. Um, and he started a few games in uh, 2019, didn't do too well, but... He apparently had a very impressive spring, so I think it's going to be between Holinsky and Johnson uh, battling for the job in fall camp. I give a slight edge to Holinsky um, just because I, you know, from the talent he brings in, and you know, you maybe go with the young guy if all things are equal. But um, I think it will be a quarterback battle. There, there's going to be a battle in the fall, and we won't know till the opener. What you know? Yeah. Great draft for Northwestern, too. Two first-rounders, first time ever in school history for that. As you look at this team, quarterback obviously will get its attention, but give me another position of the team that is of interest to you and that the competition should be pretty hot and heavy when everybody gets back together in August. Yeah, I would pick out two positions, uh, one on each side of the ball. I think wide receiver, they lost their top four pass catchers from a year ago, all three starting wide receivers as well as the tight end. So they've got a lot of uh, holes to fill there. Now, Northwestern rotates a ton of guys all the time, but um, they're excited about some new guys coming in. Um, there's, there's some opportunities from young guys to step up. They also brought in uh, Stefan Robinson, Jr., who had a pretty productive uh, career at Kansas. He's a grad transfer, and they got a couple of uh, speedy guys from the class of 2021 that'll be coming in over the summer that they're excited about too. So they have a chance to, I think, add a little explosiveness between some speed at wide receiver and Holinsky, who's got a big arm. Um, and then defense, it's, it's at linebacker where they lost, you know, Patty Fisher was a four-year starter. Uh, Blake Gallagher was a three-year starter. So they got two of the three positions open. That was really the foundation of the unit last year. So they've got to find some guys there. The only holdover is Chris Bergen. So it'll be interesting to see who emerges. They've got a lot of talented kids. And what I tell people is that, uh, you know, Northwestern lost a ton of guys really on both sides of the ball. But they have some talented newcomers that uh, we, we haven't seen a lot of yet. They're, they're going to be, I think, defensively as athletic as they've ever been. But they may have a drop-off, at least on the defensive side of the ball. Very good. The defending Big Ten West champs, the Northwestern Wildcats, and great stuff as always from Louis Bacir. Louis, have a great summer. Look forward to talking to you in the fall. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Greg. Thanks for having me. 
Well, Wednesday night, it's time for us to check in on what's going on in the big leagues with our insider. His voice will sound familiar. And that ball's gone. Bye-bye baseball. His knowledge is endless. He looked so fast. It was unbelievable. He's our Major League Baseball insider. Just ate a brownie, so I'm ready to go. Lane Grindle. Here's Lane! Well, another week of Major League Baseball in the books and more no-hitters. What is going on with all the no-hitters in baseball? Something happening? Well, I really good pitching is what's happening. I mean, I <laughs> I think that right now what you have is such a market that's been cornered by these organizations and how they develop pitching and just even how they game plan uh, to go after a specific lineup that you see these great pitching performances right now. They have more data than they've ever had on the opposing lineup. Guys throw harder than they've ever thrown, and yet Wade Miley's not exactly a guy that throws hard. Uh, but he throws, you know, he works quick. He's unique. He's a left-hander. He's got a little cut, and uh, it works for him. But, you know, I, I think that we're going to see more and more no-hitters, to be honest with you. I think the trend, Greg, that we're going to start seeing in the coming years is more combined no-hitters. I think we're going to see more and more of that because mm. uh, the way we're managing pitchers now, we're not letting them go as deep into games we're not letting them go to 115 pitches very often unless it's for something like that to, to go try to get a no-hitter. So I think you're going to start seeing combined no-hitters more frequently because guys have such good stuff now. They can just let it fly for five and let the bullpen come in and try to do the rest. Miley was a brewer at one point, wasn't he? Yeah, he was a brewer in 2018. He was a big part of our NLCS run. He was a minor league contract that year. Um, he got injured at the end of spring training, sent him out. Then he ended up on the Biloxi Shuckers roster as a double-A guy for us for a while. And then we eventually brought him up, and he uh, was unbelievably good for the Brewers in 2018. He was a big, big part of that rotation and a big part of our postseason run. The Brewers uh, hated to see him go. He was a really popular guy, a real fun guy to be around. And uh, just kind of the same guy every day, which consistency is always a good thing, even in what you bring personality-wise to the ballpark on a daily basis. Visiting again with Lane Grindle, our Major League Baseball insider here on Sports Nightly. He's one of the voices of the Milwaukee Brewers who are in the midst of a series with the St. Louis Cardinals. For years, you have raved about Nolan Arenado, who now you're going to see a lot more because he gets picked up in the offseason by the Cardinals uh, boy, that, that that corner infield with him and Goldschmidt's pretty tough to be. What do you make of the Cardinals? I know you've seen them a handful of times now this year. I, I like them a lot. They 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 have some health issues bullpen wise, but I think when they're fully healthy bullpen wise, that's going to be a really good bullpen, maybe second only to the Brewers uh, in terms of you know what kind of firepower they bring at the back end. And they got Alex Reyes. Uh, Jordan Hicks is injured right now, but he throws 103, 104 mile an hour when he's healthy. Andrew Miller isn't the Andrew Miller that he was with Cleveland, but he's still, you know, a veteran left-hander that's that's pitched a lot of high leverage innings over the course of his career. He's currently on the IL, but they, they've got a bunch of other guys. Helsley's got a big arm. He doesn't probably throw enough strikes, but uh, Gallegos, Cabrera, um, this Cody Whitley is pitching very well for them. So they have a, a really good bullpen, much better than I thought it was going to be at the beginning of this year. And then you said it, the corner infield's really good. They're pretty good up the middle, too. DeYoung's not hitting maybe like they thought he would, um, but he is hitting for power, and he's a good defensive shortstop. And, and Tommy Edmonds, just a really good baseball player. I mean, he's the, the, the epitome of the, the, the definition dirtbag, right? I mean, he gets on base, he hustles, he does all the little things really well. He's a, he's a typical St. Louis Cardinals player. And, and they have a very good defensive outfield. Carlson's hitting well right now for him. He's got a little pop in that bat. He's in right field. Harrison Bader's a really special defensive center fielder, and he's a good guy to have hit at the bottom of your lineup because he's got a lot of speed. And then uh, Tyler O'Neill has power, and he you know he's a good defensive left fielder that can really run and go get it. So I, I like their team a lot. Uh, if they can keep Goldschmidt healthy, he's got a little bit of a back issue that kind of flares up once in a while. But if they can keep him healthy and if they can keep Yachty healthy, because he's hitting right now, uh, if they can keep those two guys healthy, this is going to be a really good team. They're going to be a load in the NL Central. I think the Brewers have a shot. 
um, just as much as the Cardinals do. I like those two teams in the Central right now on paper. Busy again with Lane Grindle, our Major League Baseball insider. Time to tell you to buckle up and put the phone down. A reminder from the NDOT Highway Safety Office. Well, Albert Pujols has not been a Cardinal for more than a decade, but I think a lot of people still remember him and will think of him as a Cardinal. Uh, Since we last spoke, he was released by the Angels. Have we seen two questions? One, have we seen the last of Albert, or do you think somebody throws him a lifeline? And, And what are your memories of Albert Pujols? My memory is the home run he hit off of Brad Lidge, uh, <laughs> which never landed down in Houston. Uh, that's just, I mean, that was just one of the most amazing home runs I've ever seen hit by anybody ever. Um, so that's, that, that's my memory of Albert Pujols. I mean, just singular memory, right? I mean, the, the overwhelming memory is that this is one of the uh, best hitters we've ever seen in the game. And I, I feel like, because he was already a Hall of Famer when he signed the deal with the Angels 10 years ago. I mean, he was already a Hall of Famer. Go look at his numbers. He was unbelievable uh, in his career in St. Louis. And he hasn't been that same guy with the Angels over these last 10 years. Still been a productive player overall, but has he been worth the contract? That's probably debatable. And I still feel like, um, you know, that has probably – Maybe tarnished. I don't tarnish isn't the right word, but it's kind of worn off the shine on just how special he was. I mean, this guy was Mike Trout, basically. I mean, a different kind of player, but putting up historical numbers like that, you know. And I think both Albert and and Miggy, to a degree too, you know, they've played a long time. They haven't aged maybe as well as some others. They're still good players. They can still hit. But they were so dominant at one point in their careers, and they're not that guy now. And so we kind of forget just how good they were. Um, Pujols was was just an all-time great for his 11 years uh, in St. Louis, and he's been a really useful player for his 10 years with the Angels. I hope we don't remember him as much for the last 10 years as we do for the first 11 because he was such – a special Hall of Fame level player for those eleven years. If you had to guess, what do you think he? What, what will he go in as a Cardinal to the Hall of Fame? What would your gut say? Yeah, I think he goes in as a Cardinal. I know he's got a personal services contract with the Angels, but um, I don't think he loves the way it ended with the Angels. He wanted to keep playing, and and he just wasn't going to get the playing time that he wanted. And so, you know, this was the resolution. I, I think he's probably done playing. I just don't know where there's a fit for him right now uh, in Major League Baseball. I, for, for his sake, because he's accomplished so much in his career, I hope that he can find a place to, to play out the rest of this year and kind of go out a little bit more on his terms. I think that's a, that's a gentler landing for somebody that kind of deserves it. But I'm just not sure where that fit is going to be. He's going to have to be a DH somewhere in the American League and um, you know, maybe something happens at some point this summer where he ends up finding himself on a roster. But I do think he has the desire to play at least through the end of this year. Yeah. All right, Lang. Great to catch up. What do you have uh, in the next week? Uh, Brewers finish up this series with the Cardinals, and then the Braves come to town. And then uh, the crew heads to Kansas City next mm. week to take on the, the slumping Royals. The Royals got to win one one of these days. Woo. Boy, they've been brutal for the last week. All right, well, have a great week. We'll chat again next Wednesday. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Rick. It's time to buy or sell. Now here's the hosts of Buy or Sell, Brett Whitty. Sold. And Austin Orman. That's right. Brett Whitty and Austin Orman back here with you. Yes. Who? A rare appearance from Mr. Brett Whitty over here. Dusting off the cobwebs. That is definitely true. (laughs) We've missed you, Brett. Yeah, missed you guys as well. Oh, weekly tradition here, Brett. Hope you can get back in the swing of things pretty quickly. Only seven answers to get through after what was it, seventeen or eighteen last week, guys? Something obscene. Yeah, I think it was eighteen. It was a lot. All right, well, let's jump right into it. Answer 
number one comes from a Tim NBA question from April 21st. He asked, buy or sell that the Warriors' Steph Curry will have at least one more game this season where he makes at least 10 three-pointers. This did include postseason, but we can answer it now. Steph made 11 threes in only three quarters on May 8th against the Oklahoma City Thunder, so the answer is a buy. Three of the four of us present got it right. Ben, you were with Josh, and you sold it. The only two incorrect. Yeah, he was on. He's been on fire all year. I should have should have got that one right. But that tends is so many. Hmm. All right. Uh, next up, uh, Austin had a Husker football question. Buyer sell that the Nebraska football spring game attendance will be greater than thirty-seven thousand five hundred, or that it would be one of the top two most attended spring games in the Big Ten this spring. That ended up being a buy. They fell short of that 37,500 mark with only 36,406 people. But uh, that actually nearly doubled the next highest, which was Ohio State, who had just over 19,000 people. Every single one of us bought that, and we were all correct. (laughs) (laughs) I... I I don't want to necessarily admit to this, but there might be something subconsciously where I'm trying to ask layups just to keep accumulating <laughs> points. You know, I know automatic Austin, <laughs> automatic you know. Austin. Well, and who's gonna sell Husker fans, honestly? That is. You can't sell this fan base. Come on. Oh no. All right, we'll stick in Husker sports with a Greg Husker baseball question. Greg, you asked us buy or sell that Nebraska's starting pitchers throw more innings this weekend than their opponents. The answer: a sell. Nebraska starters go 15. And two-thirds innings, opponent starters throw 21 innings. So, just like the first question I read, Ben and Josh, the only two incorrect. Mm-hmm. Absolutely ben. hosed on this question because the rain delay killed two of Nebraska's starting pitchers. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, well, we got another Husker baseball. Did, didn't the other teams have to deal with rain, too? or just, just They not? did, Ooh. but their starters were already <laughs> out of their game. <laughs> Hence why we got hosed. All right, another Husker baseball question here. This one coming from Tim Byersell that the Nebraska baseball team goes would go exactly 2-2 two and two in this last weekend split series between Indiana and Rutgers, or the Huskers would beat the Scarlet Knights in both of their games. That ended up being a bye. The Huskers went 3-1, and one, but they did beat Rutgers in both games. Ben, you bought that and got it right. Austin and Tim also bought it and got it right. And the rest of us, uh, we were incorrect. <laughs> Maybe the greatest question of the weekend. A good one. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm mm-hmm. just playing Tim's role here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's great, right. the greatest question asked all week. It might be the greatest <laughs> question we've seen in buy sell history. It's probably the greatest answer Tim gave all week too. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> all right, from <laughs> from Husker baseball to the pros. I asked since last week was uh, Cinco de Mayo. I asked uh, buy or sell that any MLB player. <laughs> have a five-hit game on that day? The answer is a sell. Five different players reached three, but that's as close as we got. Five of the six of us got it, and uh, the role of Tim Curran was played by not Tim Curran. (laughs) Yours truly. Brett. Yeah, you know, it happens. He's trying to pick up a point. (laughs) He saw the the odd, tried to pick up a point on the field. That's true. Going with the crowd all the time, you know. And that already happened on one of the questions, so... All right, uh, next up, uh, another MLB question. Josh had this one. Uh, buy or sell that the Twins' bullpen would blow a lead of two or more runs or two <laughs> runs or more in the seventh <laughs> inning or later, and the Twins would lose that game at any point between the time that that question was asked and yesterday. That ended up being a sell. Uh, <laughs> let's see if we can shuffle through why this was a sell. They blew, they blew two leads and lost. One was in the seventh, but was only one run, and... One was three runs, but that was in the second inning. <laughs> so whatever that means, Josh and Tim both bought that and got it wrong. The rest of us are right. Woo! Uh, that's, all, that's all I care about. Yep. <laughs> that question was put together out of anger. That was, yes. Yeah, there's anger, some frustration, frustration behind that one. <laughs> Not a healthy headspace for poor nope. Mr. Hilton. <laughs> nope. All right, last answer to report this week, a Brett question, his weekly world football special. Uh, Brett, you asked us, buy or sell that Barcelona and Atletico Madrid play to a draw or that one team has a player with at least two goals in their match on Saturday. Brett, you bought it. You were very prescient. You saw the future. Greg, you bought it with Brett. They did play to a 0-0 draw, so you two the only two correct. Wow. Yep. I know my soccer. (laughs) 
We're I know smart. my football. <laughs> football. We know that if Atletico wants to play for a draw, they're going to get themselves a draw, and that's exactly what happened. There you go. Yeah, what he said. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's why we have you here, Brett, insight like that. All right. All right, getting into the totals for the week. Pretty solid week all around. Uh, Greg, you and I actually topped the table. We both went six out of seven. Yeah. We'll take it. Then it was Tim and Brett at a tie for second place. They both got five out of the seven. <laughs> solid week. Ben, one spot behind them at four out of seven. And Josh pulled in Austin. He went only two of seven ooh, this ooh. week. Ooh. We know no. why he's not here tonight. Right. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. So on the season, Greg, this was big for you. You take the lead. You're now at 70 of 114. Ben, you drop one shot lower, 69 Man. of 114. Tim nipping. Was that? That's good. That's fine. Long way to go. <laughs> you guys have some impressive <laughs> records so far, honestly. Still plenty of season left, and uh, thank goodness for that because right now Tim sits in third place. Need to knock him down a little bit. <laughs> Josh a couple shots back of Tim at 66 out of 114, and Brett and I are tied at 61 out of 114 as we stand headed into this week's questions. Uh, and we're up ready, aren't we? We are. Yep. Up to you. Before we, before we jump into it, let me tell you to buckle up and put the phone down. It's a reminder from the NDOT Highway Safety Office. How about that right there? Wonderful. All right. Um, here we go. Buy or sell that the winner of the Big Ten Conference in baseball has at least 30 wins. Right now, you have Nebraska and Indiana both with 23. Michigan has 22 with three weekends left to go in the season. I am going to sell it. Um, hmm. Yeah, I'm a sell. I think it's close, but I'm a sell. All right, yeah, I'm going to follow suit. I'm going to sell that one. I think that's a really good line. I'm probably going to end up being around 29, I'd say. No, Nebraska has 10 left. Indiana has 11 games left. Okay. Yeah, Greg, you and I talked about this on Monday, and I think the path that gives Nebraska the Big Ten title is 30 wins exactly. So I will I'll believe in the Big Red. I will buy a 30-win Nebraska team winning the Big Ten. Indiana plays Michigan this week, so one of those teams is getting at least two wins. <laughs> that What's kind of sneaky is that Indiana's making that game up with Illinois in a midweek. Mm -hmm. Is it next Tuesday? It's either next Tuesday or the Tuesday after the Huskers are there for the pod. I think it's right before the, the pod. Is it? Yeah. 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 All right, Ben. All right. Uh, we got a Husker baseball question here. Buy or sell that Nebraska forces – Northwestern into at least five errors this weekend. The Huskers forced two teams with five errors in a game last weekend. Northwestern, I would say a little bit um, hamstrung, perhaps with uh, with being off, being having not played for a couple of weeks. I'm buying that for sure. Before before you everybody answers, what was the deal at Rutgers? Was it a, was the turf bad? Was it well? First of all, it was when the, some of the errors happened. It was pouring. Yeah, um, the turf the turf was wet, and you know Nebraska just put a lot of pressure on defenses with bunts and making guys right. make throws. Rutgers third baseman Brito uh, J Jackson was picking on him all weekend, and you know he checked a couple into right field. So and and you know as Will Bolt said, luckily Nebraska didn't um, copy their performance on their side. Yeah. So what did you do with this? I'm I'm buying it. I like that five-error line. I think the rust is going to have something to do with it, but I think it's just a touch high, so I will sell. Yeah, I'm going to sell that one as well. I'm going to buy it. I think the rust will, will cost them some errors, and I don't think they're a great defensive team. I'll buy that. 
There we go. All right. From college baseball to Major League Baseball, I found myself in a similar headspace to Josh this <laughs> oh, week. Oh, jeez. Unfortunately. <laughs> um, so my buy or sell question is, buy or sell that the Royals win at least two games between tonight and the end of play next Tuesday. I do not love how they're playing. I think their dude would at least luck into a couple, though, so I will buy it. Yeah, I'll buy that as well. I'm buying. I'm buying KC. Fly the W. Going to lose tonight to the Tigers, but <laughs> I'm going to buy it. The Tigers are terrible, so they better get at least one against those guys. <laughs> <laughs> then luck into another somewhere along the line, please. Yeah. All right, uh, next up, an NBA question by or sell that the eventual MVP of the NBA scores at least 24 points on the final day of the regular season, and that's Sunday the 16th. And I, I'm, I will buy that one, okay, and, give me, and just hope they play. Who, who, who are the candidates? So you've got Nik- Nikola Jokic will be is probably the front runner right now, and then Joel okay. Embiid is number two, and then you've got Stephen Curry, Giannis, Luca, and then it kind of drops off after there. Yeah. Jokic should win it. You basically have to guess: Will they play, and will they play more than two quarters? Right. That's that's what I'm worried so, about. So I'm banking on that. And I'm going to buy it. I'll, I'll I'll buy it. I don't feel good about it, but I'll buy it. <laughs> oh gosh. I'm selling it. All right. I'm going to. See sell it as well because I don't think the Nuggets and Nikola Jokic are pushing all that hard uh, to improve their seeding. I think they'll be about where they want to be at that point. So I will sell it. All right, Josh's question for the week comes from the Preakness. He asks, buy or sell that the winner of the Preakness finishes with a time under 1 minute 54 and a half seconds. (laughs) Typical Josh giving us the exact lines parsed out to the Half a second. Do Josh we, sold it, and so I think I will follow his logic and do, sell it as well. We have any idea what last year's race went in? Do we have any clue? Let me see or what the weather's going to be. Yeah, weather and last year's result are going to be our only only ways to figure out what's going on here. Because we, 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 we haven't got talked Andy to Andy on yet this week, so I don't we got know. him on tomorrow night. But oh, well, I, I just don't know what the normal winning time of the Preakness kind of is. You know what? We need I, to ask I, him this buy sell question. So I will answer this question uh, tomorrow at about eight four. 45, that works for everybody. So the winning time last year by Swiss Skydiver was a minute 53.28. Okay. So if you're selling, you think it's greater than a minute 54 and a half. If you're buying, it's lower. Okay, now I'm doing a quick check of the weather is good. 73 and sunny yeah. Saturday in Baltimore. So good weather. Real sunny. Good track conditions. And so Austin, what did you do? I sold it. Brent, have you picked? I will buy that one because the weather looks fantastic. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm buying. Good track, Fast good track. track conditions. Yeah. Fast track, I'm buying it. Woohoo! All right. Next up, a uh, question from Tim coming from the MLB Fire Cell that the St. Louis Cardinals will remain in first place in the NL Central and have at least a two game lead on the second place team by the end of May. Uh, just to spite Tim, I'm going to sell that one. <laughs> Tim yeah, did not are, get an answer in. Yeah, na- naturally. naturally. That's, the way he, that's the way he rolls. Uh, right now, I think they have a three-game lead on the Brewers. And they've been playing pretty well. The Brewers have not. I like the Cardinals. I picked the Cardinals. So I think they're in first place. And I think they'll have a lead of more than two games. So I'll buy it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Betrayal. God, that's an mm. and question, too. Usually I sell. Oh, I know. I'm selling. Breaking his own rule. Um, my, my head says that I buy it. My heart says that I sell it. And that leaves the tiebreaker to my gut, which tells me <laughs> it's supper time. Um, but not for a little bit yet. So uh, I, I guess I'll buy it. I'll buy it. And flip back over to you here, Greg. Okay, back to the Preakness. Buy or sell that Medina Spirit, the winner of the Derby, the cheater, Mm. finishes in the top three in the Preakness. It's a 10-horse field. 
Does Medina Spirit finish in the top three in the Preakness? I'm going to say no. Too much distraction. Yeah. I'm going to sell it. That is a loaded question. How many horses? Ten, Ten. horse field. Ten. And, and what I'm buying the, it. What are the chances we get a late last-minute scratch, or are we, are we on full go unless injury? Course. Yeah, it's full go. If, if somebody scratches and okay, because it's, it's Churchill handling the the other stuff. The correct pre- Preakness has nothing to do with it. Okay, correct. All right, give me the uh, give me the the black sheep, kind of the the shunned horse to rise above the ashes and and perform well. I'm buying. Here's it. what I here's what I should have done. <laughs> I should have said buy or sell that Andy puts Medina Spear in his top there you three. Go. That's what Ooh. he should have done. That'll be interesting yeah. to hear. Actually, yeah. Um. I'm actually I'm gonna follow Ben. I'm gonna buy that one because uh, you know let's it wasn't controversy. It wasn't Medina's fault. Let's let's be honest. It wasn't Medina's fault. It's true. They didn't ask for the the cough syrup. He didn't know what was. was in it. All right. They were using some ointment on his behind. That's what it was. <laughs> Is that that that's well, the story? Let's do it again. All right. <laughs> if they already got caught. Does that make them? more brazen does it make them less brazen i'm not sure but i think they hold moving. off from the cream and so i'm going to sell it <laughs> all right i'm going back to major league baseball here buy or sell that jared kelenic the number one prospect in the mariners organization number four overall prospect in baseball mm. hits a home run before seattle loses three games mm. starting when he's activated which will be tomorrow night for reference, the Mariners, I think, have lost five of their last seven or something like that. So they're just playing Mariners baseball. Pretty much. A home run. I'm, so, I'll buy that one. No, oh, Brett's, Brett's. Yeah, I'm jumping. Brett I'm jumping. That's, an easy, that's, even that's an easy buy for me. <laughs> I, I don't need it. Ease um, up, Tim. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be Tim, too. What a great question. I, really good <laughs> question. This is, this is the greatest Wait, question let ever. Me, let me see. Who asked this one? Oh, oh hey, hey, good job, Ben. <laughs> Um. Why not? I'll buy it. Let's root for it. Yeah, he strikes me as a guy that would hit a home run in his debut or thereabouts. So sure, sign me up for a Kalenic homer. Everybody's bought it. Uh, Josh did get his answer and he sold, sold it. Yeah. Which is rare. He usually loves prospects. Yeah. Also. All right. Before they lose three games, I mean, they could win. I mean, that could be game six, seven, or eight. Exactly, and you're still selling it. Can I change my pick? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's already come out, and I have to refer to Commissioner Hilkman on that one. He is uh, not here. There. All right, back to the NBA for my second question of the week. Buy or sell that one of the three teams currently outside the NBA playoff picture qualifies for the play-in tournaments or the Lakers avoid the play-in tournament. So... If you want to buy one of the three teams outside, you're looking at the Bulls jumping up to pass the Wizards. They're three back with three to play. And New Orleans and Sacramento are two games, two and a half games back of San Antonio with three games to play. I am going to buy the Lakers part of this question. To do that, they have a much easier schedule than do the Trailblazers, the team they're hoping to pass. So I think L.A. hops Portland to stay out of the plan. Isn't isn't uh, LeBron – is LeBron back playing or he's close? Or? He's close. <laughs> Sitting out tonight yet. <laughs> Still just nursing that whatever it is. Well, they're playing a terrible Houston team tonight too. Yes. Uh, Brett's next, right? Brett, I get, I get to stall oh, here. Gosh, <laughs> I'm I'm trying to stall myself here. Um, man, you know what? Just buy it. Toss up, toss up question. <sighs> can't, uh, I'm, can't I'm, stall I, I like Austin's logic about the Lakers. So because of that part of the question, I will buy it. Okay. I, you had me worried there for a sec, Greg. You bought an and I was worried you're going to sell an ore. <laughs> I'm selling it. I'm out. You're out. Ooh. I don't have any faith in the Lakers. Yeah, that's that was my thing too. No faith in the Lakers. They have looked really bad lately. Uh, well, what's right. AD's situation? Uh, he put up 42, 12, he and five up. a couple nights ago. And then and then they so come out and fine. say he's 
partly injured. Well, that, so yeah, might not I mean, play that's tonight. the thing. It's, it's like, but he's always, always something injured. going on. One of those stars is going to rest going all the way into the playoffs, it feels it, like. That is that is a very Lakers thing to do. I, I mean, I, yeah. AD was a game-time decision for probably 80% of the games this year. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right. Uh, we finish up this week's questions with a little softball question by ourselves. That Husker softball scores at least 16 runs across their four-game series with Northwestern this weekend, or a player from either team records a grand slam in the series, and I am going to buy that one for the runs. We're assuming that group of fives coming back, I guess. We missed last weekend series. Uh, were, yes, assuming that. I mean, let's, let's assume. Yeah, I mean, it's that thing was... That thing got by me. I missed that they had five sit out last weekend, including Edwards. That's a big one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that'll that'll um, do it. <laughs> Northwestern's pretty good. Third in the they league are, right now. Yeah, third. So I don't know if the 16 happens. Okay. So now i got to decide does somebody hit a slam. Yeah, I'm not sure if Northwestern is known as a power team. They might be. We need, need Nate I've, for this. I bought a lot tonight. i got to sell something. I'm selling this. All right. I th- think I'm going to sell this one, too. But I think the or, the or makes this much more likely. So Yeah. Right. All right. Put down think sell, and he gets zero points. <laughs> yeah. Anything that happens. <laughs> yeah. I, the, uh, the or makes me think, but I uh, – yeah, I think I'll make it three sells in a row. All right. Here you That's go. That's buy-sell. Buy-sell. Good. Well done. Everyone's questions except Tim's were outstanding tonight. <laughs> 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 we got to knock him down a peg when he's not here, right? Oh, yeah. That's what friends are or for. Or when he's here. That's fine. <laughs> or, when, or when he's here. 